True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I have a very excellent show for you guys today. I am here with Dr. Keith Jones and Hutch, the Marine Investor. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yes, for having us, um, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to, to get to know you guys a little bit better and have you share a little bit about uh, how you found each other um, and uh, your backgrounds. And let's, let's jump into that. We're going to keep it brief and then we're going to get into uh, some of the meat of what we want to talk about. So whoever wants to start, uh, give us a little bit of your background. So I'm a neuroscientist doing research for the Army right now, and it's the case that no matter how many hours I put in, I'm still going to make the same amount of income and wanted to start building wealth. And so my wife and I decided to start doing real estate. We were going to plan on doing one family, sing, single family a year for five years and realized that that was going to take a long time to get more cash flow. It was a good wealth building strategy, but not a lot of money now. So I jumped right into fam, uh, multifamily. Uh, within the first month of starting, we got a four unit under contract. And before that was closed, we got a 16 under contract, 16 unit. And so within the first three months, we had 20 units. And life after the closing, the 16 unit changed drastically. And we'll talk more about that. Yes, when we get that the is the point of the show. And that's what our audience wants to hear. I cannot wait. Thanks for that uh, background and that, that little teaser. Uh, Hutch, yeah. tell, tell us about your experience there, Hutch. All right, so I'm Hutch, a marine investor, born and raised in Jamaica, immigrated to the United States back in 1998, and about a month and a half later, joined the Marine Corps, and I've been in the Marine Corps for 21 plus years now. Still having a blast, right? One of the best mistakes I ever made. <laughs> so did some single family, single family um, properties, um, live and flip, a short-term rental, and also... Um, a, did this a major did a major flip down here in Pensacola, Florida, and uh, um, transitioned to multifamily last summer, and was the I'm currently the co-sponsor on a 55 unit in South Carolina. That's Excellent, amazing. that's great. Um, and you guys both before we we started recording, you told me that you met last summer um, at at an event that that I was at as well, and and many other people in the industry were. But tell. 
I'd like you to sort of take us through the process of you know, what, what, why you signed up for that event. Um, did you know each other beforehand and how did you sort of find each other and, and fill in each other's uh, missing pieces? Yeah. So uh, as, as you know, um, a lot of these major events uh, building up to the, to the events, actually before we get to the events, um, we found, um, I found Michael Blanc through my goal setting procedure, right? I, I established a goal to acquire or be a, a partner in a hundred un, in 100 units syndication um, in 12 months. And this was back in last April. And um, as I said in that goal, I realized that I need to realize, I need to find a better way of analyzing properties. So I came across Michael Blanc, found out Michael Blanc was having an event out in Texas in July. And we, my wife encouraged me to sign up for it. And as you know, prior to all these uh, major events, we go through the Uva app and everyone gets to know each other prior before we get to the event. Heath was number one. He was the number one guy as a contributor, you know, so he was, he was well known, you know, so we, fortunately um, we were, we sat right next to each other um, during the event, um, which, which turned out to be a great thing. We had um, Hal Elrod as the, as the, the keynote speaker and he talks about having an accountability partner. So after the event, you know, I reached out to Heath and asked me if he wanted to be my accountability partner, you know, to ensure that I'm up in the morning doing the things that I'm supposed to do. We're supposed to be doing the life, the six life savers, but um, if, you, if you're familiar with America Morning, you'd be familiar with the like six lifesaver, yep. which is um, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So we end up analyzing more multifamily properties that we, than we were actually doing those lifesavers. You know, so um, we went and looked at a couple of properties together, actually several properties together. Um, I would drive to Heat's house and then we would drive another four hours to go look at um, some multifamily properties. You know, so, wow. Yeah, so it's a, it's a two hour drive for yeah. Hutch to my house and another four hours to the market uh, that we were looking at. Wow. Yes, yeah, so hey, we developed a great you relationship. Gotta do it. And, you got to commit, yeah. right? Absolutely. Um, so sorry, I cut you off there. So, so you guys found each other. You asked them to be your accountability partner, and the rest is history. This is history. <laughs> That's right. So, Heath, from your perspective, um, I, I remember that conference, and I and I know your name because I remember seeing you at the top of the the Hoover, <laughs> uh, rankings there, commenting on everyone's creating new topics. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the strategy. Um, going into an event like that and just trying to flood uh, the app with as much content as you can. Talk, let's talk about that. So that's that's exactly right. What happened was I, Michael Blanc, uh, I, I looked up multifamily and came across Michael Blanc. And so he was kind of a, a star uh, to me. And then uh, I also, during that process, came across Joe Fairless and then also Matt Faircloth actually. Um, Matt Faircloth had a YouTube video about how to buy an apartment building with no money down, which was interesting to me because I was in the middle of trying to close a 16 unit with no money down. Nice. You know, those are like rock stars to me and I, I got to meet them all at Dealmaker Live. And so one thing that I wanted to do before I'm, I'm the most, my wife says the most introverted extrovert she knows. So it's one of those things where I don't go out of my way to engage, but if you start talking to me, I'll yap your ear off. And so I took, the WOVA app as a chance to get as much information as I could to deliver as much information as I could. And so I'm also OCD. So on my phone, when I see a little red circle with a number on it, I have to clear it. <laughs> so WOVA app notifications kept coming on. So I would just check it. I'm like, okay, I, I can say something about that. Or, you know, I'd come across an article and loaded that up. Um, I didn't really plan on being number one. I just, you know, thought it'd be cool to be in the top 10. But then after a while, my video game instincts took over yeah. and uh, just wanted to 
put out as much as I could. Um, and the score going up was kind of icing on the cake. But that's that's how I met met Hutch. Hutch kept, you know, DMing me uh, on WOVA, and we, we talked a lot. So when we got there, we kind of already had a, a good sense of who the other person was. It's really great. I love that strategy of getting to know each other before, and then you get there, and, and it's like, oh, hey, you you know, you do the, like the pointy thing, like, oh, I know you, I know you, you know, I've never spoken to you, that's but right. we, we've texted and talked on the app, and I've seen your picture, and so... Uh, that's great. And I, so, I think for the, the people who are starting out that, that are getting value from, from your podcast is to, to have that conference buddy. Cause there's a lot of times when, you know, I go to conferences for work and if I'm going to a new one and I'm just by myself, it's really difficult to just like walk up to people who are talking to me like, all right, stop everybody what you're doing. Let me in the conversation. Yeah. And then, you know, but if you have a conference buddy to go with that you, you met before, or it, it's a lot easier to navigate and you have a lot more confidence when you have a wingman with you. I love that having a conference buddy. And I love even more that your conference buddy is someone you didn't know going into the conference and you met through the app or, or just before. Um, you know, we, we went to that same conference. There was, I think, four or five of us uh, from our team. And uh, you get there and the instinct is to, to stay with the people you know, but it is, you got to push yourself out. And so actually we all five distributed and, uh, you know, would like connect as we went through the day. But for the most part, uh, it's like, okay, you go talk to that corner. I'll go talk to this corner and, and spread out. Um, but it is awkward when you're like, there's a group of three people and you're like, let me just weasel my way in and insert yeah. myself in your conversation. Um, so I love that, that conference buddy idea. I, I think that's really powerful. My next conference, I'm going to, I'm going to find a conference buddy on the app before I get there. So, uh, <laughs> love that tip already. Uh, so then, uh, you guys found each other, you, you sat next to each other, how El- Elrod inspired you. Um, afterwards you wanted to, to stay accountable to each other. How does that you know, have an accountability partner then evolve into, we're going to go become business partners and get into this really a marriage of, of a business here and go find th- these properties and, drive six hours and, and get into all of that. Yeah, I think, I think at the most events, um, as was, we all know, when you go to an event, it's, um, a major conference, it's absolutely important for you to have a goal. What are you, why are you going there for? Are you going there to find partners? Or are you going there to, for, to raise more capital, right? You know, so, so, so coming back, um, come, coming back was, was great. So we had to take action. So talking to Heath and working things out, uh, we realized that we do, one, we're looking in the same market. Uh, so we can analyze the same deals together. So we can, we can go farther together. And uh, Heath drove down um, one or twice and we met at the mall. We had lunch and, you know, his family met, met my family, my kids met his kids. And, you know, they kind of, they kind of, they play together. So we realized that they actually like each other. <laughs> you know, and. Honestly, very important in a partnership. That's right. That's right. Super, super important. You know, so like even in marriage, you're going to love each other. Right. But when you like each other, you can, you can have those inner jokes and share stories and stuff, you know? So, you know, we find out that we we actually like each other, you know, great kids like each other. So that was, that was important, you know? I I think also during the, we call it, you know, we're going to have miracle morning in the morning. And so, Uh, I was already getting up at 4 a.m. anyway because uh, I was training for an Ironman event. And so, you know, I was like, Hutch was like, I know you wake up early. Give me a, give me a call. Give me a text. And in fact, there was one morning where I I, I just let him sleep because I thought he needed it because he was up late. And he's like, dude, why didn't you call me? I'll like, right, be a better uh, accountability there partner. There you go. Yeah. And during that process, whenever we were going through sort of our goals and what we wanted, we were analyzing properties together. We realized that there was a really good balance between 
what I brought to the table and, and what, you know, there's a fire and a passion from both of us, but um, what's for me, I get really passionate really quickly. Uh, most of the time I'm, I'm level headed by the numbers. It doesn't matter, but whenever brokers start to get under my skin, uh, Hutch is like the cool, even keel, like, bro, bro, just, just, just calm down. I'll, I'll take care of this. And so we, we uh, you know, having that really helps uh, me from upsetting people. I shouldn't be upset. There you <laughs> go. No, that, that balance, the yin and yang is, is so important in a partnership. I think what was more important though is that, um, is um, having the accountability piece, right? Because a lot of times we want to accomplish a lot of things, right? But when you know that somebody else is dependent on you, it adds additional fire to, to your already lit flame. You know, and That's it right. makes you actually take the action that, that you need to take because you're not just letting your dreams down, but you're letting other people's dreams down and that's not fair. Wow, so, I'm going to write that okay. down. You're letting other people's dreams down. I mean, that's, that's, that's <laughs> I love that way of looking at it. That's uh, not fair, yeah. Yeah, everyone, I hope you guys listen to that. Please rewind and listen to that section again because having an accountability partner is so, so important. And uh, I will say my accountability partner and I have, have fallen off a bit. And so now I'm re-inspired to, to get back on it and, have you guys oh, hold me accountable to, to get back with my accountability partner. So let's talk about uh, multifamily here. So um, Heath, I know you have 20 units and you said uh, you teased us a little bit and you, you teased us with some stories about uh, what you learned after closing. So uh, lay it on us. Let's, let's hear something. All right. So um, one of the things that I hadn't prepared for fully in my head as I was crunching the numbers, as I was being creative to raise the capital, as I was being creative with the deal, the, you know, it was seller financed. Uh, I did deferred payments for the th first three months because I wasn't going to, I hadn't anticipated on raising more than what I needed just for the down payment. Uh, so I wanted some extra money to fix things that needed to be fixed. And so all that was good in my head. Uh, the two, two main things that I hadn't prepared for was, one, actually being face-to-face -face with the tenants who live there, right? Okay. So I'm the one walking around, knocking on the door, like, hey, I'm the new property manager. I don't, I don't say I'm the owner. New property manager. I was the one, you know, typing up on a company letterhead and putting it in an envelope and taping it to the door that there was a change. This is the email. This is that where you can pay no, we don't have an office. We do everything online or you can mail in the check. That was, that was difficult for me being the person who went out and interacted with the tenants. It's, it's still a little difficult for me. So to, to uh, what, 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 which part of it, like what part of it was difficult? The interaction or managing property when you hadn't managed property at that level before? Like what, what part was the challenge for you? Both. Um, okay. uh, another challenging part is showing the units. I'm not a salesman. I don't, I go into the unit and all the things I see are that could be fixed. Oh, this looks a little, I, I don't, I don't know if I would like mm -hmm. it. You know, it's, it's hard for me to, you know, so I just stand there awkwardly. Like, if you have any questions, let me know. You know, it's, I don't, I don't like showing. <laughs> don't, yeah. it's, just, it's just not a strong suit for me. Right. Um, another thing that was tough is coming to terms with how unreliable contractors are. First, it's difficult to find them. Second, it's difficult to find them to have them keep showing up. And I, you know, I, I needed some work done. I, I got this person. They said they would do it. We agreed to a price. They filled out the contract I had. I had them sign the contract. And I was like, all right, 
on the day they were supposed to show up to do the work, they didn't show up. And I was like, hey, dude, where are you? They said, well, we decided not to do the job because I got too much work right now and I can't get to it. I was like, well, we have a signed contract. He's like, okay. Right. So, right. you want to sue me? I mean, what? And, right. and so, you know, you go to, you go in bigger pockets and you, you get all this advice and see all these people tell you, oh, set up a, a contract with your contractors to, you know, to keep parties safe on both sides. And that, and you should, but they never really told you what happens when the other party backs out of the contract. You know? Right. Because <laughs> like, right. I'm not going to go spend the money to hire a lawyer, you know, no. and, I could put in there that, you know, you're going to pay me $500 if you don't show up, but then what? I'm, I'm going to knock on the door and say, Hey, where's my $500? And they're like, <laughs> get off my property. You right. Know? Like, right. So finding, finding contractors was difficult, especially in my area. In your area, it might not be because there's a lot more people. I'm in a town of 20,000 people or so. Okay. And so, and, and Hurricane Michael hit Panama city beach, which is about 90 miles South. So a lot of the contractors went down there to, to get all of that, uh, the work. Yeah. So that was one of the toughest things, just interacting with the contractors, with the people, uh, in the buildings, you know, here's another thing. I, I care too much about the property and my tenants to be a really good property manager. Right. And so, uh, it's hard for me to be stern with my tenants. I'm always really compassionate. Um, I'm picking up trash. I'm doing a lot more at the property than, most property managers were would be so in some sense all my tenants love me because i take good care of them i get you know if they have a problem as soon as i can get someone there i let them know i keep in contact with them but forming that relationship was just something you know i wasn't prepared to do and it it takes a lot more time than i originally thought it was going to take so uh, putting in, you know, I think according to the taxes, as long as you put in 750 hours or more, you can be considered a real estate prof- uh, professional for tax yeah. purposes. Mm-hmm. And that first year was well over 750 hours that I spent <laughs> at both properties taking Absolutely. care of stuff. Let's talk about the strategy there with self-managing um, a property that size. Had you given consideration to a third? I know you're in a small town. Maybe there's limited uh, options, but had you considered doing a third-party management company? Yeah, so the reason I decided to self-manage is one, I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn what it takes to be a property manager. I wanted to be able to know exactly, first of all, I'm not real good at knowing what the prices of things are. I I didn't know how much carpet was. I didn't know how much it cost to replace a window or LVP or any of that. So I wanted to know if a property manager in the future started charging me for things that I would know that they're overcharging or, or not. Sure. Two, I wanted to know how, what it would take uh, to, you know, a lot of times when you're underwriting deals, you're like, all right, I'm going to increase the rent by this much. I'm going to reduce expenses by this much. I'm going to build back all the utilities uh, for this much. And so you start to get, Oh man, this looks really good. I'm going to, 26 IRR, you know, and this is going to be great. Uh, but there's just some things that make sense on paper that you can't ask a property manager to do in certain markets. And knowing that increasing the rent by $75 and then adding another $30 rubs charge on it is effectively increasing the rent by over $100 for the people living there, you're not going to be able to do that. And you're going to have a lot of people that break out of their lease. And so I wanted to to know about all that. 
Now, specifically in my market, there are few property management uh, firms. They're mostly real estate agents who, I think in Alabama, you have to have a, a broker's license to manage single family homes. And so there's not a lot of multifamily management out here. So they treat each property as if they would a single family home. So it's 10, 12% that yeah. you're paying them. And I might get a discount now that we have 23 units total down to 9%. And, and so as we're paying off a lot of the, the initial equity that we pulled uh, to, to acquire the place, uh, it just didn't make sense financially. And I'm here, I'm, I'm 10 minutes away from the property. So yeah. I, I want to trust, and this is, you know, partnership with the wife as well. So right. we, uh, I, I want to just pass the work off to a third party. And she's like, no, just hold on a little bit longer. You know, I'll help <laughs> out. You know, I can, I can show properties. You don't like showing the units, I'll right. show the units. And so she's, she's going to start showing the units. And so it, okay. it came down to dollar cents in terms of that makes sense. Management. No, I, I get it. I get it. And I think it makes a lot of sense, especially on a, a deal, you know, 16 is, is not unmanageable for someone that is motivated and driven and, and willing to learn the ropes. Um, and really, I love that you look at your 16 unit as, as a learning experience uh, because now you and Hutch are out there looking at deals that are presumably much larger um, in markets that are much further away. And so you'll have a much better foundation when you do interview property management, company, assuming you're not going to try to self-manage four hours away. It's an assumption on my part. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting close to not self-managing 10 minutes away. There man. you go. I mean, I, I would say that you may want to evolve into that, but that's a personal choice. But um, yeah, absolutely. So, but I love that because you did it, you did it yourself and you learned and you, your example about, raising rent 75 and charging another 30 for rubs is absolutely perfect. And that is something that is easy to underwrite to. Oh, and in, in next by year two, everyone's going to be paying their own water bill and we're going to raise them up 75 bucks. Uh, but then in reality, that usually does not happen because you tend to get tenants that are really right. ticked off and they tend to walk away. So now your vacancy's gone up or they just stop paying. So now your evictions go up. And an eviction is expensive, as we all know. And so um, I found the hard way as well that maybe it doesn't make sense to use to, to bring in that rub system if, if my choice is uh, that 30, 40 bucks in water or, or having an eviction on my hands. That's right. Yeah. Well, I love it. I love the story. Um, I really hope that you guys come back on and, and keep us updated on, on your progress and show us uh, some of the deals that you're making and can you please uh, plug uh, your podcast that you guys launched and, and anything else you want to plug here? Yeah. So if you definitely um, I would love for everyone to tune into a podcast is the multifamily real estate experiment podcast. And that name was a very tricky name because he has the word experiment in there. But if you look at what we got going on right now, America, the entire world is, is an experiment, right? Things could change. And a lot of the assumptions that we made um, doesn't always factor it out. Right. So um, we like people coming on and share their, ex their experience, their experiments of how they are, um, um, making the communities better, making their lives better, and generating um, a very um, handsome return for their investors as well. Just yeah, we, we like to... Multifamily Real Estate Experiment Podcast. 
And so we, what we, what the focus of the show is, is that we wanted to dissect one question a week and just focus and dive down and then have an expert in the field talk about that particular question. Uh, That way we could focus the podcast into, you know, we just, we just recorded one. How do you underwrite? We had uh, Matt Faircloth on while we were at best ever conference talking about how do you raise private capital? He wrote the book on it. And yeah. so um, that's that's the goal of the podcast is to give people information that allows them to help better their real estate investing careers. Love it. Well, I think uh, our audience is really going to resonate with that. So guys, uh, please go check out the Multifamily Real Estate Experiment. Is that it? The Multifamily Real Estate Experiment. And uh, that's right. Hutch and Heath will, uh, will share their knowledge and um, they might have a really cool guest on pretty soon. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. That's right. uh, no, all their guests are great. And uh, please go check out that. Is that the best way for someone to find out more about you guys to, to look up that podcast? You can also reach us on, on Facebook and our website, uh, Facebook at eight square capital. And our website will be launched um, by Monday. Excellent. It's coming week. So when this comes out, it'll be launched. Absolutely. Eight squared capital. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, if you guys want to hear more about Hutch and Heath, their bios and social links will all be on our website, truemultifamily.show. Uh, as always, we love your ratings and reviews and shares, so please keep doing that. And uh, thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community, and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.